In this episode of Locked On Capitals, we continue to break down the free agents that are going to be available on July 13th, and then we're going to talk about how the Capitals plan to address their blue line. There are some injuries and some players that are most likely going to be leaving this offseason. We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check that out. My name is Dan Holney. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So on this edition, we are going to continue to break down the different free agents that are available to the Washington Capitals, because let's face it, there are some changes that are going to need to be made. There are some RFAs on the blue line, uh, some guys that are most likely going to be leaving. How are the Capitals going to address that? So that's what we're going to talk about uh, in tonight's show. But to start off here, we're going to take a look at some big, big free agents out there. Uh, this was an article that I had seen in the Bleach Report where they were talking about five restricted free agents NHL teams should sign to an offer sheet. And these are just some names out there that the capital should ponder. Uh, one of the first ones is Noah Dobson from the New York Islanders. After two seasons of adjusting to the NHL, Noah Dobson enjoyed a breakout performance in the 21-22 season. The 22-year-old defenseman finished third among New York Islanders' scores with 51 points in 80 games, leading them in time on ice with 21-28 and block shots 154. Dobson is completing his entry-level contract and lacks arbitration rights. Islanders general manager Lou Lamorello could use that to his advantage, forcing the young blue liner to accept a two- or three-year contract worth between two and three million per season. That would leave Dobson with little leverage unless he refuses to report to training camp or sign to an offer sheet worth around $5 million per year with $12 million in his salary uh, cap space and 18 players under contract. The Isles can afford to match. However, it wouldn't leave much to bolster offense with 2.79 goals per game average tied for 22nd and 21. So, um, I think that there are he's a bit of a raw potential or a raw talent, I guess you could say. Uh, just kind of going over, you know, these are some of the names that are available. Ultimately, I don't think that that would be in the best interest of the Washington Capitals. I don't see that as an upgrade. Uh, I think that the Capitals would have, you know, that kind of depth in Hershey. Like I've always said, if the Capitals are going to make a move here, they need to make a move to get better. They don't need to make a lateral move where it's, you know, a Class C player for another Class C player. You want to move to a B or an A level player um, to get better because ultimately that's what it's about. The Capitals want to keep pushing this along and they want to get better in the years to come. So that's what they have to do. Another one is Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Winnipeg Jets. 
Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been with the Winnipeg Jets for just one plus season. However, the 24-year-old center is already looking ahead to unrestricted free agency. Last Wednesday, Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman reported that Dubois informed management of his plans to test the market in 2024. And, uh, you know, that Winnipeg Jets team is a bit interesting in that regard. I know I've been to quite a few games there. Um, I actually don't like or I don't mind Winnipeg too much, but it just seems like you know, whether it's coaches or players, they just don't really like that environment. Um, it is a bit of a smaller city. They don't even have a major freeway that goes through there. But um, all in all, I got to say it, it's a nice place to visit. I've never lived there, of course, but it's interesting that, uh, you know, you see these players just, uh, they're like, you know, I want to see what else is out there. Um, you know, I don't know if that's just, um, you know, discontent with the, in the direction that organization is going. Uh, but uh, you hear that a lot from the the players and the coaches in the Winnipeg area there. The Jets have time to convince him to stick around considering his value to the roster. The six foot two, 205 pound Dubois is versatile two way forward who can play center or wings and puts up solid offensive numbers, tallying 28 goals and 60 points in 81 games in the 21 22 season. Friedman reported the Jets hope to keep him for a long time. However, his intent to test the 24 UFA market could make him open to an offer sheet this summer. It might cost around $8 million annually on a long term deal to keep him. So here's the plus that I like about Pierre-Luc Dubois is that he can play center and he can play wing. And, uh, you know, the Capitals are going to be in need of that, uh, as we've talked about. And I don't know, the complexion of things may have changed a little bit considering the injury uh, to Nick Backstrom. But, you know, it was believed and I kind of believed it for a while that it may have been um, uh, Lars Eller last uh, year with the Washington Capitals could appear Luke Dubois could he fill that role could he do a better job uh, than Lars Eller did you know that's the question that remains to be seen I know he's a bit on the spendier side of things but Again, I don't want to get into trying to fit things under cap. Um, you know, that's ultimately up to the GM. But I'm just looking at this player and who he is. And uh, I think that uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois would be a, an option for the Washington Capitals. Um, so it, he would be a player that they could definitely put an offer sheet in. So you just got to kind of take a look and see these different players. Like I say, there's upgrades that need to be made. Uh, we all saw the results that, uh, you know, with the Washington Capitals this past season, they want to get better. So the next player is Capo Caco of the New York Rangers. Selected by the New York Rangers with a second overall pick in 2019, Capo Caco has been slow to blossom into the scoring star he was projected to become in what was expected to be the breakout season in the 21-22 season. Injuries limited the 21-year-old winger to 18 points in 43, 43 games. However, he showed signs of improvement during the 22 playoffs with five points in 19 games. Kako is completing his entry-level contract and lacks arbitration rights. The Rangers are carrying $11.9 million in cap space with forwards Ryan Strom and Andrew Kopp slated to become unrestricted free agents. General manager Chris Drury could use his leverage to sign Kako to a two-year bridge deal worth $2.5 million annually in hope of leaving enough cap space for Stromer um, Kopp. Um, so that is another interesting player. Earlier this month, Kako seemed to be downplay the idea. I like to play here, so I don't think so, he told her players. Nevertheless, a rival GM could explore that option to see uh, what it would try to, to pry the young Finn away from the Rangers. So he seems to be another one that has a bit of an upside. 
Um, but you know, ultimately is he going to be a good fit? I think one of the the things that the Capitals should look for, um, is someone that can play center and wing. I know that there's quite a few players out there that can do that. Connor McMichael, for example, uh, can fill that role as playing center and wing. So, um, if you can get someone that has that kind of versatility, I mean, ultimately the players that I've mentioned so far are not on par with what they're looking for as far as a replacement for Nick Backstrom. Uh, we know that he is going to be out at least next season. But the outlook for Nick Backstrom in general is not good, considering that only a few players have ever made a return from that kind of surgery. All right, so after the break here, we are going to continue to talk about the different free agents out there, which ones are going to be a good fit for this team. We'll talk about that, but first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, Podcasts and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this edition of Locked On Capitals. This is the offseason, and as we talked about, um, the free agency deadline is looming. So the Capitals, like all the other teams um, in the NHL, have some big decisions to make. How are they going to upgrade? How are the Washington Capitals going to upgrade? I think that we all know that they need to make some additions in the goaltending department, but there's also some gaps in defense. We'll talk about that later in the show. So let's just kind of go through and talk about some of the other big players that are available to the Washington Capitals. Um, if they could sign offer sheets on them. The next one is Andrew uh, Manjapani of the Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames have two stars to sign in Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk. Both are coming off career best performances and could cost a combined $18 million to re-sign, taking a big chunk of the, chunk of the Flames' $26.9 million in cap space for the 22-23 season. That could make it difficult to re-sign Manjapani, a versatile, hardworking forward who can skate on either wing. The 26-year-old Manjapani is completing a two-year contract worth $2.4 per million per season a restricted free agent with arbitration rights he's also a year away from unrestricted free agency Manjapani has steadily developed into a reliable second line score for the flames he netted 17 goals in 68 games in the 1920 season and 18 in the 56 games during the coronavirus shortened schedule in 20 and 21 last season he tallied a career best 35 goals along 55 points to finish fourth among flame scores should Goudreau and Kachuk sign contract extensions, a rival team could approach Majapani with an offer sheet worth $5.5 million per season. That could prove to be too expensive for the Flames to match, as it would leave little remaining cap space to fill out the rest of their roster, including signing RFA defenseman Oliver Clinton to a new deal. So, that is a name that uh, intrigues me. Um, when the Washington Capitals uh, played the Flames this past season, he was kind of a standout player. I do think that uh, he would fill in well on the Washington Capitals team. 
again, as you scroll through and we look at all these different names, the one thing that is a steady thing here is the amount of money um, that is owed them and the kind of term that they're looking for. So these, in some cases, are younger players that are swinging for the fences. You know, their agents are really pumping them up and telling them, you know, that you deserve the most money that you can possibly get. And, uh, you know, good on them for trying to get that kind of money. But some in some of these cases, and some of these players, it's a tinge on the expensive side. So, uh, you know, they're going to capitals are going to have to see and try to address uh, some of these players. Um, as you take a look um, just through the different players that we have talked about, you know, Nazem Kadri, would he be a good fit? You talk about Johnny Goudreau. You know, I think it's going to be interesting uh, in a couple weeks here as a lot of the dust begins to settle and you see players start going from one team to another. Um, but that's the one thing I talked about is I think that the Capitals checklist, the thing that they need to complete first is getting that big number one netminder. Once they have that solidified, then they can kind of fan out from there because anything less than getting that number one netminder um, is kind of a failure, if you ask me. I know that they can go into next season with Sam Sonoff and Vanacek, but as a Capitals fan, how confident are you in the outcome? I mean, we saw what they did in the playoffs and we saw what they did through the season. You know, there was a flashes of greatness, but inconsistency was the theme of last season. And we really don't want that to continue into next season. So the Capitals need to address that first. As we talked about in previous podcasts, there are some big names in the net mining position that are going to be RFAs. Um, so the Capitals or um, unrestricted free agents as well. So the Capitals are really going to have to, and I'm sure Brian McClellan has already been kicking the tires uh, on a lot of these different um, goalies and these netminders. But after that, and we'll talk about that in the next segment, is defensemen and then forwards. Um, you know, the big causes of concern out there, of course, are Tom Wilson. We won't have Tom Wilson until December. Nick Backstrom probably won't be back the entire next season, you know, and there's a possibility, will he return ever? It's kind of a scary thought to think about. And then Alex Alexiev, who was poised, along with Lucas Johansson, to make his big breakout season, suffered that shoulder injury and is going to be out four to five months, kind of derailing that whole thought. Hopefully he can come back at full capacity. Do the Washington Capitals have that depth in Hershey? Um, you know, we've talked to different players about big Beck Malenstein filling in for Tom Wilson. And that's what it's all about. Ultimately is kind of just bringing these players that have been stewing and cooking down in the AHL Hershey and the Carolina Stingrays. And getting them ready for prime time because, I mean, the goal for any of those players is not to just marinate in the AHL or the ECHL forever. Their ultimate goal is to become a legitimate player uh, in the NHL. And there's a long line of different players that have played uh, for the Bears that have worked their way up. If you look at John Carlson, Braden Holtby, Faravari, there's just a long list. So it is time for a lot of those players to at least get their chance. I think that uh, training camp is going to be a true battleground like most, not like any other training camp that we have seen before. So I think the Washington Capitals, you know, if they don't get those big name players, they're going to have to look internally um, and just uh, see what they have in house because this Capitals team ultimately is going to need to make their big push. You know, uh, the first round exit, you know, that's not what the Capitals are all about. They got the taste of victory when they won the 2018 Stanley Cup and they want to keep riding that into the future. 
Um, you know, it, uh, making it to the playoffs was good. As I've talked about, there's many different teams out there that did not even make it to the playoffs. So the Capitals can have that as a feather in their hat that they actually made it to the playoffs. But the ultimate goal is to get that Stanley Cup and hoist it above your head like we saw the Colorado Avalanche do. Let's make that the Washington Capitals next season. How are they going to achieve that objective? That's what we're going to talk about in these upcoming months here. Because ultimately, this is the time where the rubber meets the road where you got to kind of get your lineup together. And, you know, usually Brian McClellan does a pretty good job at getting the players that he says he's going to get. He said he was going to address netminding. Let's hope, and I have no reason to doubt him, that he will get that big netminder. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about the holes in the blue line on the Washington Capitals. Um, Some of those players, you know, Schultz and Kempney, they might be moving on. They're most likely played their last games with the Washington Capitals. Who's going to fill those spots? We'll talk about that next. Welcome back to this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you joined me today. So in this final segment here, we are going to talk about defense and uh, what players can the Washington Capitals pick up? Um, you know, if we take a look at it, this was an article by Tarek El-Bashir, Uh, in The Athletic, and one of the uh, comments, I was reading this whole article, and one of the things that he highlighted was defensemen, the situation that Capitals have five defensemen under contract for next season and a hole that needs to be filled on the left side. And looking at the chart um, that's on here, if you take a look, at uh, at who is uh, who's going to be on the Washington Capitals? So on the left side, it's Martin Faravari and Dmitry Orlov, but then you have an RFA and Lucas Johansson and an injured Alex Alexiev. Uh, and then on the right to defense, John Carlson, Nick Jensen, and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. So they're going to have to try to find uh, that player that's going to play on the left for the defense because Martin Faravari and Dmitry Orlov. Uh, they can't, you know, fill all the minutes for the Washington Capitals. So Justin Schultz, Michael Kempney, and Matt Irwin are all unrestricted free agents. Lucas Johansson put himself back on the radar with a bounce back year, and Hershey is an, a restricted free agent with arbitration rights, and Alex Alexiev underwent shoulder surgery on his left shoulder earlier this month and is expected to miss four to five months uh, with a cap simply um Will the Caps simply promote Johansson and have him learn on the job skating alongside veteran Trevor Van Riemsdyk? Or will they sign a veteran free agent in the 2.5 million range to skate on the third pair? It could depend on who's available and what they're looking to get. It also wouldn't be a surprise if the Caps wait a bit and hope to snag a bargain later in free agency. And, uh, you know, that's what they're going to have to do is look for one of these big names out there. You know, the defense, that was the argument all season. If I ever brought up um, uh, goaltending, they would tell me it was defense. So obviously that was one of the deficiencies of this Capitals team as well. Um, So one of the players is Brent Kulak. The 28-year-old left shot blue liner is a versatile player who performed well in Edmonton after being acquired at the blue line from Montreal. He's good in a sheltered role, whether that's complementing a star defense solidifying the second pair or leading the third evolving hockey puts um, Kulak's next deal at three years and around 2.95 million right in Washington's wheelhouse so again check that would be a good option another option would be is if they re-sign Justin Schultz I am not a fan of that Um, don't get me wrong I think that Justin Schultz did a fine job with the Washington Capitals but I don't think he was a next level defenseman 
Um, so I think that they need to up what they have. Um, I don't, you know, if they go back into next season with, you know, a similar lineup, it's not going to evoke that confidence uh, that this Washington Capitals can take it to the next level. So another one is Nikita Zadorov, the 27-year-old Russian ranked second on the Flames in hits last season behind bruising forward Milan Lucic. In addition to adding physicality, Zadorov has posted uh, strong defensive impacts throughout his career and at six feet, uh, 235 pounds, possesses the hulking size McClellan covets. Evolving Hockey proje- uh, projects Zadorov's next deal to be in a five-year, $4.25 million range. Um, so just some uh, good potential, some good players that might fit in with this Washington uh, Capitals team. Um, and uh, that's what I'm talking about is they need to address the blue line. You know, there's other holes like we talked about. We talked about that they need to fill the role in net. And then just taking a look at the forwards. We talked about that. Is Philip Forsberg, is that a possibility? I mean, I know that that would make many in Caps Nation happy, including myself, to finally undo that wrong that was done when we traded a, a Philip Forsberg to the Predators in return for Michael Lada and Martin Erat. So Philip Forsberg, his name hasn't been credibly linked to the Caps, but the connection is there, of course. Forsberg, who turns 28 in August, was Washington's 11th overall pick in 2012. And yeah, you're all aware of what happened next. He's also familiar with Peter LaViolette, having spent five-plus seasons with a head coach in Nashville. And wouldn't that be a good fit? And wouldn't that be a good ending to that story, having um, Philip Forsberg come back to Washington? You know, a lot also is going to uh, depend on the draft and what happens Uh, One of the articles they talked about also in The Athletic is what do the Washington Capitals need to address uh, and what do they need to target? Who do they need to go after in the draft? Uh, Washington's need for goaltender was well-documented after a .899 save percentage on the season. There is a lack of a next clear guy coming from the system as well. It's always possible Ilya Samsonov bounces back due to his age and talent. And, uh, okay, so we have Samsonov there. So that is going to be the number two netminder, like I've talked about. And, you know, that's kind of the consensus, the different um, players or the different writers and podcasters that I've talked to is that it's going to be Samsonov as the number two netminder. And, you know, that kind of comes to a surprise if you talk to a lot of the fans of the Washington Capitals. Why wouldn't they go with Vitek Vanacek? And it's just the the total scope of everything. If you take a look um, at Ilya Samsonov, he was drafted higher. He's considered to be, by the people who know, he's supposed to be the better athlete and has what they call a higher ceiling. So he has a potential of growth higher than uh, what Vitek Vanacek has. And that's what the coaches say. That's what the insiders say. You know, I'm just uh, listening to what they have to say. I have my own observations. I think they both struggled in net this past season, but they're the professionals at the end of the day. And, you know, like I was talking with different guys on here, we have to trust the guys that are at the practice. We have to trust the goalie coaches, the head coaches, the assistant coaches. They're the ones that know. We're the fans at the end of the day. I mean, we all have our own opinions. I have my opinion on them as well. But I do think the Capitals need to upgrade in that position. So just as a checklist of what they need to accomplish is that number one netminder, they need to shore up the left-hand side on defense, and then they need a depth forward. 
Um, and someone that's ultimately going to fill the role of a Nick Backstrom. He's going to be the one is, is the most worrisome uh, in the forward core is he's probably going to miss all of next season, if not longer. And then Tom Wilson, a big bruising Tom Wilson, 20 plus goal scoring Tom Wilson, who is going to fill his role. I've heard that, you know, like a Beck Malenstein, I've heard Leeson. I, you know, that's what they're going to need to address. And that's why I've said before that I think that the training camp is going to be a battle like no other season. So it is going to be interesting. And I'm counting down to July 13th, as I think a lot is going to become apparent. And uh, that is going to be a big, big podcast. Um, I'll be covering that all day and have you guys informed of any big moves. Um, and then at the end, uh, that evening, of course, I will go over uh, any acquisitions or trades or whatever the case may be. I'm really hoping to have some big news for you guys uh, after that. And then just looking ahead for this summer, I do have some big name uh, guests coming up. Some of them in broadcasting, some of them uh, Washington, D.C. radio hosts. I don't want to give away too much until I have everything solidified. As you know, for a lot of these guys, this is their time off. You know, they cover hockey all season. They usually spend this short window between, you know, the 4th of July and the start you know, of um, mini camps and that kind of stuff to just kind of rest and recharge. But uh, rest assured, I have some big guests that um, I'm working on having come in. I've, I've had conversations with them and uh, it's just about, you know, solidifying details, that kind of thing. Like I say, these are very busy guys um, that um, are broadcasters and uh, radio hosts, um, podcasters, that kind of thing. So um, some big names coming up. Um, in the future, and it's going to be fun here at Locked On Capitals all summer. I'm hoping to you know continue to have, and I will have great content for you for the rest of the summer months as we look forward to the fall. All right, thank you once again for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, and I'll talk to you again next time.